There we are. Look at that. I timed it perfectly this time. I'm getting better and better at it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of Miami Total Football Radio, the show, otherwise known as Miami Total Football Radio, the show. Uh, it's Andrea Yanis, a.k.a. Aquisita, and myself here, as you guys can see and hear a little bit there with the chuckle. Andrea, welcome back. How are you doing? What are you, what are you wearing? What, what jersey is that? The best, the jersey of the best team in the world. Let me move my hair so that people can see the best team in the world. Motawa. <laughs> no, but that's not the traditional home jersey, right? That's a different jersey. Yeah, but last season, home jersey. But, uh, but aren't they wear blue? Don't they wear blue? Yeah, this one is blue. It's maybe blue. because of the light. Yeah, it's blue. Blue, blue. Looks looks like a gray blue. See the Pepsi on the on the on the jersey is blue. That looks maybe gray. Mayo no, gray. no, it's blue. It's blue. It's because of the light, but it's blue. I'm so I'm wearing the the best team in the world to talk about one of the most talked about teams in the world, Inter Miami. So, right, we've got quite a bit to talk about on this second show. We did a pod. In the show earlier in the week with Thomas Frongen, which was fantastic. But now we've got two of the usual suspects together here. Andrea, before we get to all the Inter Miami talk, can you please confirm to the listeners and viewers that Jose Armando is not missing in action? <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to put him on a milk carton because we haven't seen him in like a month, I think, maybe more. No, Jose is not missing. It's just a busy season. Uh, this season is a season that we have every team in Miami playing. We have, except Miami Heat, that are coming back very soon. We have the Marlins, we have the Dolphins, we have Inter Miami. So we have to, we cover Inter Miami, but we have to cover all of those teams. So Jose is, and Jose ha, uh, calls games. So it's, he's really busy in this moment. So, but he will be back soon. He'll be back soon, maybe next week to, to preview the final. So don't worry, everybody. Buddy, you're gonna get Jose back in in a couple of days. So <laughs> he's, he's he not... promised he would be on next week. He promised me he'd be on next week. He has yeah, he... I won't I won't share his news, but he has some interesting uh an interesting assignment next week. Yes, I won't spoil yes. it for So stay, stay, stay tuned. Um hopefully uh, everyone uh, in this group stays busy and and but we'll we'll be all be always be here to talk about to talk about Inter Miami, to fight, to keep everyone <laughs> <laughs> entertained with our opinions and our and our thoughts about the team. So don't worry about it. Jose is gonna be back. As Simon, I was missing a couple of, of of programs ago, a couple of podcasts, a couple of videos ago, but I came back. So um, Jose is going to come back soon, also. But you were in good hands, you with Franco and 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 some of the the co-host he's invited so uh but i'm glad to be back i'm glad to be back in my place so let's do it <laughs> let's do it get your boxing gloves on andreita because this is going to be an interesting episode because <laughs> we've got again like we normally do a lot to talk about we have a game that took place last night in miami versus toronto fc we've got a game to preview in miami versus orlando city and what i dub 
the Sunshine Classico, El Clásico del Sol. And that's, uh, that has caught on. Someone heard you and now everyone in South yeah? America is, is calling it a Clásico del <laughs> Sol. And I'm like, like, mm, like Franco should trademark that and, and sue everyone. Sue <laughs> yeah, so MLS. When MLS starts using it, you can ca cash in. <laughs> Listen, MLS can have it, but if they want to pay me something, you know, I'm I'm all for it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Andrea, uh, let's let's just jump into it, right? Because, I mean, I think we're gonna have quite a bit to talk about last night's game. Not only you know from an analysis standpoint, but just from a what happened standpoint, what's going on standpoint. There's a lot of questions out there. Um, some people have taken what we've seen at face value, what we've heard at face value. Some people have not. Um, so curious to hear your thoughts. Like we haven't really gotten a chance to speak on it uh, in good detail yet, not even in our WhatsApp group that we have with all the Miami Total Football Radio co-hosts. Um, so we've got quite a bit of uh, of sound bites here as well, some clips from yesterday as well that I'm going to share with the viewers and listeners. So a lot to get to. So let's just, let's just start with it, right? Inter-Miami on Wednesday night hosted Toronto FC, a battle of what was then the 14th place team in the South Florida side. Versus the 15th place team in Toronto FC in the Eastern Conference, right? The two worst teams in the Eastern Conference from a standings um, viewpoint played at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on Wednesday night. Inter Miami won 4 to 0. Now, that is going to be something we dive into. And of course, we analyze like we always do. But the biggest talking point after this one wasn't the victory. It wasn't the goals. It wasn't the reemergence, the return of Robert Taylor, nor Facundo Farias, who continues to play well, but rather the exits, the, the first half substitutions of Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba. Obviously, Messi was the bigger of the two in terms of a talking point, but they both came out within minutes of one another in the 33rd and 36 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe 34th and 36 minutes. And before you and I dive into it, let's hear some of what Tata Martino said um, after the game as to why they were subbed out. Now, it has to be noted, Andrea, of course, that both of these two players missed the weekend match, this past weekend match, against Atlanta United. And the reason for that that was given was muscular fatigue. Okay. They both started in this one. They both were in the starting 11, but they could not finish the first half. So let's listen to Tata Martino post-game, and then we'll dive into it in, in a little bit of more detail. Eh, primera pregunta de, de Leo y de Jordi. Están lesionados, tienen fatiga, ¿qué pasó? Y, y ¿Era el plan que ellos iban a salir tan temprano o no? <laughs> Si me puedes explicar qué pasó y, y cómo hiciste las decisiones esas. Gracias. No, no, no era el plan. Sí, probablemente que no completarán el partido. Ellos este, no estaban todavía listos para el partido con Atlanta. Hicimos entrenamientos posteriores donde se manifestaron bien y entendimos que estaban aptos. Ellos mismos también entendieron que estaban aptos para jugar. Eh, y por lo que hablé con los dos, las molestias refieren a las molestias... No, no, no se me antoja nada nuevo ni nada este, más grande de lo que venían teniendo. Eh, son fatigas, eh, no, se, no creo que haya lesión muscular y vamos día a día. Ok. So to 
paraphrase for those that may not speak Spanish or for those that uh, don't understand Spanish. Uh, he said that they were considered able to play, that they felt like they were able to play, that they had practiced, and that he doesn't think it's anything more severe than what they already had beforehand, which he again, Tata again says is fatiga muscular, so muscle fatigue. Andrea, what are your thoughts? Do you buy that? Do you, you know, do you take it at face value? Is it is it not much to worry about, or should Inter Miami fans be a little bit more worried um, about the health of two of the biggest players? Listen, I think um, Inter Miami fans should be worried more about Jordi Alba than Messi, uh, because I think Jordi Alba is a little bit more serious. Um, from what I heard, not a serious injury, but uh, something that could get him out of even the cup final. Mm. So, um, but with Messi, um, let's say Messi doesn't have a tear, a muscle injury from what I've heard, but has muscular fatigue. And that's because all of the League's Cup plays uh, games that they played and all the MLS games that they played. So a decision was made when Messi couldn't finish the match against Ecuador and couldn't play with Bolivia because people are uh, talking about, oh, he doesn't play. But he, Messi has always played in Bolivia. It doesn't matter the height or whatever. He has always played. He has always pl uh, p taken part of, the, of, of games there in La Paz. So um, for him, it was a wake-up call not being able to play that game. So... Tata has been saying it piece by piece, bit by bit, that what interests Inter Miami in this moment is what they can attain, and that is the cup game. So it, the decision was made. He was not going to be playing uh, in Atlanta because of that and because of the turf, and he will be playing at home because it's at home and you need him to play. People paid a lot of money to get him to play. So that that played a part in him playing a couple of minutes in this game. But I think they thought that he could play a, a little bit more, like 50 minutes, 60 minutes, and they didn't expect him to, to feel that tired or, or, or to ask for a, for a substitution. So they're going to take it slow. He's not going to play in Orlando, as Tata said. The final, he is going to play in the final because the final is the, the other match that they have an opportunity to win a title. It's so just wait, 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 90 minutes. This is what you think. This is not information. Tata didn't say he's playing next Wednesday. No, no, he's not. He, he's, he didn't say he's playing, but he is going to play the U.S. Open Cup final. Messi is. Jordi Alba is a little bit doubtful. But... He is going to play that game because that game is the, the game that is going to give Miami a trophy. Then I don't expect Messi to play in, in, in the games that Inter Miami has to play outside or to play as much in the games that he has to play out, that the team has to play outside because they know even if they get to the playoffs, that is just one step. They have to, they have to play in the playing then go to the playoffs and go all the way to the Eastern Conference final and then to a hypothetical final. So that is for the long run. And Messi is also thinking about the qualifiers with Argentina right now in October and then in November. So that is something that is on his mind. So they are concentrating in getting what is more plausible for the team. 
and that's the US Open Cup trophy. So I don't expect fans in Chicago or fans in Charlotte to see a lot of Messi. So um, they, they are going to manage his loan. He's 36 years old and his priority is the national team. So it's a compromise and uh, fans will have to accept that, especially fans in, in places like Chicago and Charlotte who were uh, who are or were paying a lot of money to see him play. And um, it, it is what it is. And with Jordi Alba, it's a little bit more serious because, as Matthew is saying, he has a problem in his, in his hamstrings, and those kind of injuries are, are a little bit complicated. If you rush them, then you can miss even a month if, if, if you rush a player that has a problem in, in that area. So um, I think we're going to see Messi in the U.S. Open Cup final. I don't think we're going to see Jordi Alba. So, I mean, I would agree that I think it's more likely that we see Lionel Messi play in the final than Jordi Alba um, for the reasons you said, you know, and what Matthew had now here in the comments section is saying, yeah, Jordi was holding his hammy. Yeah, Jordi Alba was holding his hamstring um, during his first half cameo against Toronto FC. Uh, he made a pass to Messi uh, following a corner kick there in like the second or third minute. I mean, obviously, we can't share the, the video highlights because we don't have uh, – rights uh we're not rights holders with apple tv and we don't have any any agreement with apple tv so we can't show the play i don't know if i would get in trouble for showing the picture that i took of the screenshot off my phone so i don't know if i should even test it or tempt it before apple comes uh knocking on my door um but in, in that third minute pass you know you see him clutch for his hamstring uh shortly thereafter he you know carried on he powered through but there is a play later in the first half two or three minutes before he comes off. I literally just watched it again here um, before we jumped on, on the show. And he, he whips in across from the left towards the middle, of course. And after that, he again, clutches towards his right hamstring, um, you know, bends over a little bit, to try to stretch it out. And, you know, he was subbed off a few minutes later. So when Tata says, Oh, it's muscular fatigue. I don't buy it, especially with Jordi Right, like, that's with Messi. I think he's that's talking about Messi because even I, I didn't go to he, a game. He's grouped them both together. Yesterday. He's grouped them both together. He yeah, was, they, he's grouped he them both together. Yes, just to keep everything tight-lipped. But I didn't go to a game yesterday. I was a little bit sick. But I was watching it, and I watched it in Spanish. And they had a silent reporter mm. who asked Jordi Alba. And Jordi Alba practically told her that it was uh, an injury, that, that he wasn't feeling good. So... Um, I don't think we're going to see him for the U.S. Open Cup final. Um, but it's true what you're saying. Tata sort of uh, gets them together. Yeah, group, group to, them to, together. To, to not give, uh, in my opinion, it's to not give many details and to not give, especially people, because let's face it, MLS is, is, is a business that is trying to sell tickets and trying to, to, to get people to the stadium. And they're not going to say like they did in Atlanta, which was a big... Uh, commotion and a big controversy that they didn't want to say that Messi wasn't going to play. And now Tata admitted that they knew since before that uh, mm -hmm. he wasn't going to play. So it's a business, it's a business operation. So uh, I, in my guess, that is why Tata hasn't spoken to us in this week since uh, previously to this game, because he didn't want to get into that again and, and have him look like he's lying, like he did with Atlanta, because so he said, I, I heard, I have different information. I have different information for why he didn't speak uh, in the lead up to this game. It has to do more with him just being tired of speaking. Yes, like Messi tired. has fatiga muscular. 
like I said, I think on the other part earlier in the week, Tata Martino has fatiga vocal, like uh, vocal fatigue, <laughs> because he's just tired of having press conferences and making comments, which, listen, it's your job. We didn't come up with the schedule. Like, you know, I think exactly. a coach should speak. A coach should speak. But anyway, um, we, we're on. We're moving on from that because he will speak, uh, from what we understand, tomorrow ahead of Sunday's match against rivals Orlando City. Now, let's go back to what you said before about both Messi and Busquets. I mean, Busquets and Jordi Alba. Because if they're both, right, if the eyes, the eyes on the prize, and the prize is the U.S. Open Cup final. I know you touched on this a little bit, but I'd like you to dive in a little more detail here what you think. Why play them at all, right? Like, if they're not, okay, let's say they're not, they didn't have injuries going into this game. Well, that can be debatable, especially for Jordi Alba. But let's say they don't have injuries. Why start them? Why play them? Why put them at risk if they're not, at, you know, they're not fully rested? Why risk them at all in a game against the 15th place team in the Eastern Conference? Yes, it's at home. Yes, people paid good money for the tickets. But why? Why, why did Inter Miami put them out there at all? We can I'm going to tell you my response. opinion. We can listen I, to Tata I, Martino's. Let's listen to Tata first. Because Tata, Tata did say post-game. I, I set you up there, Andrea. Sorry. But, but I remembered we have the quote no. here of what Tata said on why he played them. And he talked about the Open Cup final. He talked about getting them, uh, giving them you know, um, some time and uh, a bit of rhythm. But let's, let's hear it from Tata. And then I want to hear your thoughts on what he said and what, you're, what you think um, is behind it all. So this is what Tata Martino said on why he played uh, Jordi Alba and Lionel Messi on Wednesday night against Toronto FC. Eh, si lo hicimos jugar es porque estaban en condiciones de jugar y probablemente era mejor hacerlo jugar hoy y no el domingo y está claro que tenían que tener por lo menos 45 60 minutos de fútbol para llegar en, en mejores condiciones de, de ritmo a jugar en la final este, pero de todas maneras yo este, soy cauto con lo que pueda pasar no, no, no soy determinante después de hablar con ellos no, no tengo el mismo pesimismo que tuve so, Andrea, before you get into it, do you want to translate or do you want me to translate? Yeah, do, do it, do it. Do right, a quick paraphrase. He says mm -hmm. that the idea was to get them 45 to 60 minutes to give them some rhythm before, you know, before the final. Um, that, that was the expectation. Now, clearly, neither one of them got to the 45-minute mark um, at a minimum. So, obviously, that plan or that idea didn't work out. So, again... For me, the question is, and I, I understand the explanation, but why play them if they're not there yet? Why even take the risk at all if your eye is on the price? Franco, I'm going to tell you something. Like I said before, MLS didn't pay, Apple didn't pay for Messi to win US Open Cup. So Messi couldn't miss two games. He missed Atlanta. It was a whole controversy. People were mad. He couldn't miss a game at home, even if it's against the worst team this season that is Toronto, he couldn't miss it because uh, MLS will not accept that Messi misses two MLS games and then he plays US Open Cup final, which is not a tournament from MLS, from Apple. And all the rights and all the money from US Open Cup goes for US soccer. So for me, that is the bottom line in this. And I have to be um, clear. That is my opinion. That is my analysis. And I am not, <laughs> not surprised that this that that this happened because it is what it is 
it's the truth. And um, uh, MLS brought Messi for Apple, and there they will they would have been mad if Messi misses two MLS games and then plays a U.S. Open Cup final, and and people are are excited. P uh, people in in a lot of countries have the rights for this game, U.S. soccer, like like we say in, in Latin America, coronaron with, with US Open Cup and Inter Miami because uh, Messi's there. So in my opinion, that is what happens and um, happened. And unfortunately, we saw them both come off Jordi Alba injured and, and Messi fatigued and Messi could, uh, was saying that he couldn't go on anymore. And that, that's a weird side to see in, in a player like Lionel Messi who has been playing in, In, in the top level for so many years. So I would say that I, you know, I don't want to say I agree, but I definitely could believe that that is definitely an element at play. Now, obviously, we don't have the inside information to say mm -hmm. that that's exactly why Lionel Messi played. Yeah, that's just but, conclusions. But I, mm -hmm. that, those are our, uh, mm -hmm. our suppositions, mm -hmm. our sensations from the outside. But I do agree with you that that could be an element at play. Um, because, look, like you said, professional sports professional football soccer is a business and there's a lot of money in this business especially right now in south florida and inter miami and mls with Lionel messi i think that there might be something at play there with apple tv and with him playing because even from the start yesterday he didn't look all that energetic and enthusiastic from the start from the 15th minute on he started to pick it up a little bit he started to get a little more involved he looked a little bit more engaged but the first 15 minutes He wasn't moving a whole lot. And I know, mm -hmm. yes, sometimes he doesn't move a lot. He just reads the game. But he was even a step below that, in my mm -hmm. in my opinion, in my analysis, from what I saw um, yesterday in the stadium. On, on the broadcast, you can't really perceive it because when he's out of the shot, you, know, mm -hmm. you don't see it. But in the stadium, I, I saw a message that, that just didn't look the same as he did before. So maybe he is tired and maybe he had to fulfill some contractual obligation um, that if he is healthy – that he has to play or that he has to meet X amount of games if he's healthy. I don't, I don't know. Obviously I don't have the information, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something like that at play here. Look, I tweeted it this morning and I can share this here. Um, and I mean, I'm not going to make you guys read all that, but um, it's on my Twitter handle. So you can mm -hmm. see it at Franco Panizo. And I said, it's the morning after folks. What are we thinking about last night's develop strange developments with Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba? Is Inter Miami covering up injuries? Are the players being arrested ahead of next week's final? contractual obligations question mark so i mean it, th these things do exist right in professional sports so i think that that could be the case with messi and i think you know he, he was probably like you know what uh, i'm tired i just you know, i don't want to i don't want to keep pushing myself if i'm not feeling it um and because i didn't see him when i rewatched the game i didn't see him you know reach for anything or touch anything maybe maybe i missed it no but i don't see him like like with jordi alba it's clear that he's that he pulled yeah. you know, he, he touches his hamstring on a couple of occasions during that during his 33 minutes or 34 minutes yeah. on the field. With Messi, I didn't see him make any gesture that, at all that he felt some discomfort. He just looked kind of tired. He took off the captain's armband. You know, he was walking around. He waited till by the way, if, if there's any question that Messi can do whatever he wants in MLS, I mean, this game, he <laughs> takes off the armband. He walks. Yes. <laughs> uh, play continues. And uh, the referee is like. And the referee, a referee at some point just blows play dead. He doesn't even, like, wait for the ball to go out of bounds. Messi didn't even have to, like, lay on the ground like some players do to say, oh, yes. he's going to be stubbed out. Mm -hmm. He just stood there with, it, with his armband in his hand, and the referee blew play well, dead. Uh-huh. And then Messi goes, <laughs> gives the armband, puts it on DeAndre Edlin's arm. 
And then as he's walking off the field to help Robert he's taking Taylor out his get more time, he starts, he starts untying his shoes on the field, pulling down his socks, taking off his cleats. By the way, great images there for the broadcast of uh, the Adidas shin guards and the Messi brand shin guards that he had on. Yes. So good marketing there for uh, Team Messi and Team Adidas. Um, but it was he could just do whatever he wants. Anybody else gets rushed yes. off the field. Anybody else has to like – Anybody else would have gotten a yellow card for Absolutely. time wasting. Absolutely, yeah. but some, somehow uh, <laughs> Messi, Messi got away with it all. Um, I, look, I don't think he's hurt. You know, I think there's there's some fatigue. But, see, but then it comes where Tata game is talking about la cicatriz, which I think, please correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> Doesn't cicatriz mean scar? Doesn't yes. that mean scar? So what, how does a scar that's old all of a sudden give you pain or discomfort or, or some molestia? I, I didn't understand that when Tata said that post game. I, th I guess he's meaning he he he's saying it in a sense that it means that it's an old injury and that injury, if you like, but he's not um, injured, right? They said must be it's a muscular fatigue. No, so, it's so, like, uh -huh, it's, a, it's so not what, adding exactly. up. It's like one thing that is here, why it's I'm telling here. you. This is why I believe it's Messi is just tired, but they have to play. They had to play him. They had to play him, especially previously to the U.S. Open Cup, not just for rhythm, but for MLS and for Apple and and all the deals that that he has brought to the league. So when you start out one day, he says one thing. The first time when Messi came back from Argentina, and we spoke to Tata, he said that it was just fatigue. And now he's saying it's an uh, it's a cicatrice of an old injury. It's like <laughs> it's a scar. Like he, a scar he got, he, of uh -huh. Like he got he got and, and it's true. Like I I I used to play uh, football in when I was younger and I, I had uh, knee surgery and it's true you can get uh, molestias and you can get um, problems in in your cicatriz. <laughs> In your injury, in your in in, in your uh, in your in your injury, but then you would have to admit that he had a knock. That he, you don't get uh, just because of muscular fatigue that your injury is bothering you again. It has to be a knock, uh, another new injury on top of that one, something like that. So, so the I want to be clear, Andrea. I want to be clear. Do you clear. think? He, do you think he has discomfort, fatigue? Injury? What do you think here? No, I think he's tired. Let me let me tell you my opinion. Um, I think he's tired. He's tired. I told you uh, a couple of podcasts ago when we were talking before the LAFC match that it was going to be very hard. You went from Miami to LA, then from LA to Buenos Aires, then from Buenos Aires to La Paz, from La Paz to Miami. And Messi is one of the great all-time greats in 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 history of uh football but Arguably the greatest of all time Andrea. and well uh, everyone Arguably. has their Arguably. opinion Arguably. yeah everyone has Arguably. their opinion that is why i said <laughs> but he the physique is not there like you have slatan and cristiano ronaldo who are older than him and slatan played until he was 42 years old but his body was different his body was physically perfect And the same happened with happens with Cristiano. His body is still the same than he was when he was 25. But Messi, Messi has hasn't he has obviously a, an athlete's body, but hasn't had that physique, that physicality, in all of his career. So now that he wants to keep on playing and he wants to keep on going to the national team, 
and having all these trips, obviously he's going to have a toll because usually when players come to MLS and they have to travel all these miles because it, let's face it, the United States is a big country and you have to travel all these miles. Usually players his age don't go to a national team anymore. So that is an added uh, pressure for Messi's body. So I think that is all that is happening. He is fatigued from all the travel in MLS and all the travel in with Argentina. And he wants to, to keep it in what is possible for the team. So um, I think that, it, that, that that is why. And they, of course, they cannot come out and say this, that what we were talking about, that he has to play because of Apple and all of the stuff. But they have to come up with, with this, his scar and his cicatriz and all of that. And it's very curious it's that just, today, media kind of in Argentina... Kind of making things up on the fly. No? Exactly. Like whatever today in Argentina, this this happens and, and they are confirming that he's going to play in US Open Cup. So that is, for me, that is what's happening. And what's his name, Ten, is saying, I think they wanted to appease fan opinion about missing Atlanta, starting the game instead of letting them start later. Instant gratification for fans. Exactly. That's what we've been saying. I think that is what, hap what happened. Listen, after what happened with all Pizza Gate, and you talked about that in, in the last podcast, <laughs> uh, they needed to appease MLS fans, especially fans who paid a lot of money and um, and uh, were expecting to see Messi. <laughs> I got I got we're gonna go to the comment section. You just did a little bit with what's his name 10, but we've gotta go because this 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 one from Edvarda Pelo Perucho, he's got the Peruvian crest on there. He says, I believe he suffered some type of injury playing against Ecuador. Which look, see, everyone has their own thought on what it is. Some people think mm -hmm. it's nothing, some people think it's something, some people think it's something that's even more severe than something. So it's like it's not clear because mm -hmm. The team just hasn't made it clear. And it's, I mean, mm. listen, if it was an Apple TV thing, absolutely. I mean, they can't come out and say, oh, he's contractually obligated to play in these games. They're not going to do that. Mm. Just, I mean, all the legal ramifications that, that are there. But listen, I, I again, I, I agree with you from earlier. I wouldn't put it past that being what's at play here. If you turn on the Apple TV app and you go through, it's like they have a picture. I mean, Messi's obviously the lead picture. Then it's the <laughs> first Inter-Miami game. the first game that they try to promote. Then if you go down a little bit further, I looked at it this morning, they have a Inner Miami playoff chase standings in pink, and it shows where Inner Miami is. It's it's like all Inner Miami, and it's all Lil Messi with good reason. They're paying a very pretty penny to have them. But this is why I was cracking up just a second ago, and this is why I love this interactive video pod that we've um, gone to. We've lost the Q and A session a little bit towards the end, which which I always enjoyed. But the comments and the wit and um, la comedia de la gente from the people comedy is is spectacular this is from carlos c i'm calling out of work tomorrow <laughs> and citing my cicatriz <laughs> bueno, carlos, muy bien. very good very well done very if it well worked done. for messi it, 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 it can work you. for you carlos maybe, yes <laughs> maybe 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 that'll you know what i'm gonna keep that up here longer because that is uh that's hall of fame worthy here in miami total football radio's comment section uh all right well listen i, I agree with you I mean, they've both been ruled out of Sunday. I think yeah. Messi does play. I think he starts next Wednesday. Uh, I think Jordi Alba is more of a long shot. You know, maybe they'll do whatever they can to get him ready for that game. Because after that game, yes, they'll still be fighting for the playoffs. But like that, that has made it known. That's the secondary priority. That's that's on the back burner. Um, to put and it, it makes sense. It makes sense, Franco. Because absolutely. 
uh, I, I was I was telling you the last podcast I was on. I don't think they're gonna make it to the playoffs because of that. It's just too many games, and uh, of course, Messi wants to play with Argentina. And what if he gets injured in one of those games that they have to win all of them to go to the playoffs? Of course, they are near. They are uh, as close, but um, it it's it's not like U.S. Open Cup that you only have 90 minutes plus 30 if, if you are tied at the end to play. So unfortunately for fans that have bought tickets, especially away, I don't think they're gonna gonna be seeing well, this. Yeah. There's been time. reports already, Andrea, that like tickets have you know have plummeted yeah. in terms of their value since you know it was announced he's not playing on Sunday. As a matter of fact, here's some insight for you guys: um, Orlando City, right, who's the host on Sunday. You know, against Inter Miami, they they reached out to press that plans to attend. I am one of those people that plans to attend on Sunday. I still plan to be there. Um, but they sent an email out to South Florida media or other media that's not their local um, press corps, and they said, "Given the Inter Miami, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here terribly, but they're like, mm -hmm. given the news from Inter Miami mm -hmm. that Lionel Messi will not play, if you do not plan to attend the game anymore, please let us know. We had to deny uh, other media, and we would like to fit them mm -hmm. in." So they're like saying, hey, if you're not coming anymore because Messi's not coming, all right, just let us know so we mm -hmm. can get other people um, put their butts in seats. Um, so obviously, obviously, you know, with, there's high interest in Messi. I mean, yeah, no, of course. There's no, there's no. And it's normal. It's, it's normal. obvious, right? It's obvious. Yeah. Um, I think he plays next next Wednesday. I think he starts. Um, yeah. You know, if I find out. On Wednesday. If I find out, if I get it, you know, um, Confirmed by a source that he starts in the day leading up to the game or the day of the game. I'll do what I did yesterday. Yesterday, I put it out on Twitter a few hours beforehand that I heard he was starting and he was in the lineup. And, um, you know, confirmado, confirmado. It was confirmed when the lineups came out. Now, let's let's focus on the game. Let's focus on it. We've talked a good bit about Messi and Jordi Alba. But let's talk about the game itself. Inter-Miami, like I said before, won 4-0. But... It wasn't the most convincing 4 to 0. The second half was much better than the first half. Lafarias goal changed everything because it's... the first half was really bad from Inter Miami. Um, and as I said with Phil Neville, man, I don't know why coaches play with a back five in Inter Miami in MLS. I, I unless you're playing Messi, I, unless you're playing playing Messi, I don't I don't think that it's a suitable lineup for this league. Um, Miami looked very bad. Like if a team like Toronto makes you look that bad, it, it is concerning. I, I guess it's concerning for Tata because I thought that he was already married with the idea of playing 4-3-3 and, and, and having that possibility of, of interchanging players or moving them to fit that that model but with this back five I think we saw that that is not the answer for this team and let me let me tell you it has never been the answer for this team even when Phil did it and I always criticize him for it and I have to criticize Tata because the team looked horrible like I I cannot comprehend for me how he made a decision to play a back five against Toronto like the worst so team in the league so this is where it gets juicy. This is where we we might have some disagreement. Because, listen, if I was mm -hmm. the coach, if it was me, I don't think I'd be playing a back five. That's just my personal philosophy, mm -hmm. the way I view the game. I just wouldn't do that. But the game evolves um, constantly. And the back five or the back three, whatever you want to describe it, 
however you want to describe it as, um, it has returned. It is in style now. It's not like just Inter-Miami plays. It's a lot of teams around, not only MLS, around the world, internationally, national team level, club level, they use this yeah. five, this back three. Now, after the, I don't want to say debacle, but after the lopsided defeat in Atlanta, I mean, I think it makes sense to go to a back five. I think it made sense just from a uh, uh, position of they needed to shore things up defensively again. So I thought it made sense. I predicted that they would go out with a back five. Now, everyone has their opinion on whether a back five or a back four is best. And this is where I'm very curious. And I, I already see the comments trickling in here um, from our, our avid and faithful uh, viewers and listeners here. But before we get into the discussion of should Inter Miami go with the back four? Should they go with the back five? I mean, they have both. They've played in both. Let's listen to what Tata said about playing in a back five. Again, I will do my best to translate and paraphrase. I do have an English quote for you guys, a couple of English quotes for you guys later in the pod. So for you English listeners and speakers, um, don't worry. Your your reward is coming. And we won't have to just do a whole translation. But let's listen to what Tata said um, post game on what he Uh, what went into the decision to play with a back five? En realidad hicimos la línea de, de tres o la línea de cinco pensando en Insigne y Bernardeschi, en no dejarle uno contra uno, nos parecía mejor doblarlo con, con un central de cada lado y tratar de, cuando podíamos presionar arriba, hacerlo con el corrimiento del, del lateral del lado. Y la verdad que creo que en líneas generales lo hicieron bien, tuvimos alguna zozobra, el primer tiempo no estuvo tan bien jugado, me parece que el segundo tiempo y sobre todo con el segundo gol de, Re de Robert se, se encaminó el partido. Pero a veces este, una línea de cinco, una línea de cuatro este, se puede entender como decisiones ofensivas o defensivas y en realidad muchas veces es totalmente lo opuesto, ¿no? By the way, before we get into it here, look at this lovely comment from Jose Armando Rodriguez. <laughs> Jose. He play with a back five. Tata plays with three in the back. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> Jose. Cinco, a.k.a. Alan Jose. I almost forgot his nickname. That's how long he hasn't been on the pod. That's his official <laughs> handle, and he's here in the comment section. He can't appear. He can't show his face. For weeks and weeks, but at least he's here participating in spirit <laughs> in the comments. It's um, unbelievable. Unbelievable the things we can do when we go to a, vi a visual and a video podcast. It's fantastic. Thank you, Jose. Uh, we expect you back here very, very soon. Um, probably Monday. Okay, my friend? Um, but, all right, Andrea. So, Tata Martino said, for listeners, again, don't speak Spanish, don't um, understand Spanish, that he went with the back five to help ensure that Federico Bernardeschi and Lorenzo Insignia didn't have, you know, one-on-one -on -one opportunities with defenders. That they weren't left isolated. That there was always someone there providing cover. Um, I think that's in part, yes, due to the matchup and obviously the talent that the two Italian national team players have. But I also think it's a response to, again, how poor Inter Miami was in one-on-one -on -one battles in Atlanta. Because that was one of the biggest reasons why Inter Miami struggled so much at Mercedes-Benz Stadium over this mm -hmm. past weekend. Because they just didn't win their one-on-one matchups. And yes, there was some bad, you know, uh, defending in the box as well and some ball watching. But I think he just wanted to have that extra um, seguridad, the extra security, that extra coverage um, to try to limit the possibilities for that. Now, like that's it. Like we, we talked before, the first half was was terrible. You know, it was 
the biggest talking point were the exits of Messi and, Bus- and uh, Jordi Alba. But overall, it looked like the 14th place team versus the 15th place team, even with Messi on the field. I mean, he had his moments, but other than that, I mean, sloppy. It wasn't a good first half. Yeah, it was not. Even Tata said it, I believe, in his mid-game mm-hmm. interview or a halftime interview, um, that it just wasn't a, a good football that game. That Farias, Farias has been an important player. Of course, we talk about Messi, but I think Faria, since coming in, he hasn't made, missed a beat. He has been exceptional for the team. And for me, it's one of the best signings in, in this uh, window from MLS because he is a player that has a big future, a, a player that at only 20 years old has a good attitude, isn't scared, and... Um, we're gonna get to him. I, We're gonna get to him, Andrea. We're gonna get to him. Hold on. Hold I can on. see him leaving, but he was the he was the uh, that goal changed everything because without that goal, things would have been complicated for Inter Miami in the second half. That goal gave the liberty and gave the calm to the, that the team needed. That okay, we got this goal. We can build from that and and we can go on and win this match. So before we get to the second half, which was where the attack started to, to have more success, we'll stick on the defensive side and the game plan, like, sorry, the formation, right? And this was Inter-Miami coming out in the 5-3-2. Drake Callender and goal, DeAndre Yedlin and Jordi Alba were the starting wingbacks. Uh, the back, well, the center back three from right to left were Tomas Aviles, Sergei Kristoff, Kamal Miller. The midfield three were... Uh, why am I blanking? It was David Ruiz, David it was Busquets. Sergio Busquets, and it was who was the third? Oh, and Facundo Parias. And then up top, you had Joseph Martinez and, and Lionel Messi. So that was the formation. I, listen, I think, I, I listen, if it's a obviously, it depends on matchups and everything. I would go a back four, but I understand why Inter Miami went with the back, a back five. Now, look, here's the comment section Philip G says 100%. The five defender line is awful. 4-3-3 with Taylor and Campana, and Farias is the key. That is, me. I've been saying that since three podcasts ago. I think with that, Inter Miami would win the majority of the game. But um, J-Dog says a back five with players who like to move up isn't bad, but I only played it the way they did yesterday with defensive players against better teams. Exactly. For me, it would have been made better sense to see this kind of lineup against Orlando and uh, not against Toronto. We didn't play bad because of the back five. We played bad because we had a lot of turnovers and sloppy passes. Also, l- let's say because something. Because Leroux Douglas, Douglas. Yeah, let's say something that I, I think um, Dixon Arroyo not starting also uh, uh, did not help that back five defenders because I think Dixon Arroyo is the best companion for Sergio Busquets, and I've said this before in this podcast. And when he, Dixon Arroyo is not playing, Busquets has extra responsibilities, more defensive responsibilities than what he has when Dixon Arroyo is there. So I think that that is also a factor and why they lost the ball so many times against Toronto in that first half. Matthew now says Nashville plays with the back five all the time and they're successful for the most part. So again, for me, I understand. I get why Tata Martino has both options, right? And that's normal for a coach to have more than just one formation. He could have a tried and two um, tested one, but he can also have another one that he can turn to. And I, I don't dislike Yeah, of course, make changes for for different rivals because it's not the same to play Orlando than to play Toronto. That, that's that's interesting, team. though. But that's interesting, mm-hmm. Andrea, right? And we can go on a little sidebar here, a little tangent. 
Um, because there's, you know, it's all coaching philosophy. It's all a matter of how you view things. But there are teams that say, this is our this is our style and this is our formation and we're going to always mm-hmm. play this way and you're going to have to adapt to us. The fact that Tata adapts the team a little bit at times to the opponent, I mean, it's his philosophy and you can view it as smart or you can view it as, um, mm-hmm. you know, lacking confidence in the in the 4-3-3 or what, however you want to view it. But it's interesting because he does take into account the opponent. He's not just saying like, oh, we're just going to overwhelm you with our talent. He's he has to. He's also being smart about certain uh, uh, matchups. So it's interesting. Interesting. Um, now we'll go to the second. We'll go to the second half because again, I'm okay with them having both options. I'm more of a four-three-three guy. If you have to give me those two options, um, but Miami has had decent games when they played a five-three-two. They've gotten better as they've had more time to work on things in in that setup, um, especially after League's Cup. So second half, right? Miami is leading one-zero. Facundo Padilla scored a golazo at the end of uh, the first half in, what was it, plus nine minutes of stoppage time mm-hmm. uh, in that first half, and he scores it in the 45 plus three. Uh, great goal on a, on a volley. And Hermione takes the lead, and then in the second half, they just blow it wide open. And Toronto, I've seen the second half, didn't really look up for the battle anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it was the heat. No pusieron ni las manos, as we yeah. say in Spanish. <laughs> it, it was, they, they were just, it was just, you know, they, they showed why they're in 15th place. Um, but, yeah. but let's see, Robert Taylor scores two golazos. Benjamin Kremaski also gets on the score sheet as well with a nice finish and Inter Miami wins in emphatic fashion. They bounce back from the weekend loss to Man United. Y cortan las distancias. The results went their way, uh, once again, by and large, and they are now five points off of the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference with United. six games to go. Six games to go. This is the standings. Let's look at them here. Yep. Inter-Miami now sits in 13th place. 31 points. Five points back of ninth place, DC United, who has which has 36. So it's there. It's there. It's possible for them to get there. You know, again, we've, you know, we've made our predictions known for weeks now. Inter-Miami is starting to shut us up again a little bit. Um, you know, some, some people have said that they will make the playoffs. Some of our guests that we've had have said they will make the playoffs. You know, I think uh, UI, uh, Jose, even Steve Brenner, who came on, he said that they wouldn't make it. But, I mean, it's very possible that they can. It's very possible. It's definitely within reach now. Definitely within reach. Uh, now, second half. Let's talk about Robert Taylor. Let's start with him. Then we'll go to Facundo. Robert Taylor in that second half looked like the Robert Taylor of the League's Cup. And I wrote in my last uh, player ratings for uh, Miami Total Football Substack, I wrote for his player rating, the first thing I wrote was, where is the Robert Taylor of the League's Cup? Well, here he is. He came back. Robert Taylor of the League's Cup showed up in this one. Uh, He replaced Messi in that first half, and in the second half, he scores two great goals. Uh, The first one, I mean, it was Messi-esque, right? The way he, he... Receives the ball on the left side inside the penalty area, comes out, dribbles towards the right, you know, like getting just running away from defenders. And then he hits a laser to the bottom far corner. It was a great goal. And this is where, for our English listeners and our English speakers, we have an English quote for you. It's not the only one of the day, um, but this is what Robert Taylor said about his goal because it was compared to, to Messi there in the postgame press conference. Yeah, of course. I don't think... Um... I don't think there's much uh, advice he can give on copying his play because no one can copy his play. Uh, 
it's it my play just happened to come off i don't think i will i will try to do it again but i can't promise i will do it again <laughs> but um it's not like uh, messi obviously not like him let me tell you that Robert Taylor has always scored golazos. He scored golazos, absolutely. It's nothing for us that we've been covering the team for so long. It's not something new, but for people who, who think that <laughs> only Messi made him better, they think it's because he copied Messi. But we know that Robert Taylor always has that foot and that talent. He has always had it. He's a good player. And... Um, uh, he doesn't I, score tappings. He doesn't score yes, tappings. He, he just scores golazos. He only scores golazos, <laughs> yes. He is that type of player that when you see a goal from Robert Taylor, you know it's a good goal. And for me, I like both games. And um, <laughs> Matthew and now Robert Taylor goes for six to seven games and then shows up at a random time. <laughs> yeah, I think consistency has been Robert Taylor's uh, Achilles heel with this team because... Uh, as he's, uh, people are saying in the comments, um, he cannot keep it up for many games. And maybe that changes And uh, with this new coach, with this new system. And maybe he feels more comfortable also because this is a team that attacks more. And you could see it in that second half. And, of course, he understood, he, he, he and Facundo understood each other perfectly and they scored, they both scored, and uh, uh, Robert scored two golazos with, with plays uh, that had to had Facundo involved. So that is good for Inter Miami to see because I think their attacking players are understanding each other even, even, even more. And when Leonardo Campana came in, you, you could see that they were very comfortable um, playing together. And they could have won by more goals, uh, even though he received four the, the goalkeeper from Toronto made a couple of good saves that could could have easily been goals, more goals for Inter Miami. Unfortunately, oh. in this league, the goals don't matter because it, it, what what is going to matter if they end up tied with Chicago, DC United, Montreal, or whatever, is going to be that win, the amount of wins and, and losses that they have and not the goal difference. So because they are getting their goal difference uh, better since Messi and company have arrived. So, listen, he obviously can score golazos. He obviously can play well. He obviously can be very involved in the attack. But he has been inconsistent, right? Like, League's Cup, he was great. Towards the end, he kind of, you know, uh, leveled off a little bit. And in the regular season, he the resumption of the regular season hasn't been great. But in this one, he comes off the bench and scores two fantastic uh, goals. You know, it, it, you can be very talented, but it's a matter of, you know, consistency, right? That's why Messi is considered, arguably, Andrea, before you bite me. Um, no, I'm not saying. I'm just, arguably I'm the greatest of all time. respecting everyone. <laughs> not, listen, Messi's arguably the greatest of all time, not only because he's, you know, his talent is off the charts and he's won, but he's always, you know, he's for the most part very consistent. Bien regular, right? He, uh, regular. He, he, Game in and game out, you know, he's going to play at a high level. Yes, there's games where he doesn't play high at a high level, um, but by and large, he, he plays at a, at a high level on a consistent basis. And that's where I think Robert Taylor, he's got to find that consistency a little bit um, because otherwise, and it's not a bad thing for Inter Miami, but otherwise I think he's just going to be uh, one of the main weapons off the bench, uh, a substitute player that fills in as a starter on occasion, but not an every game starter, despite how good he was um, you know, when he started at League's Cup. Because Facundo Farias, Andrea, like you talked about earlier, is playing very well. 
está jugando más suelto, he's playing, looks like he's playing freer, he's more accustomed to the, the league and the, the style here now. Um, looks like he's adapted fairly well. Now, you look at the Atlanta game. He's calle, as we say in, in, in Latin America. He's calle. He can play anywhere. And he's, he's, got, be he's got street anywhere. soccer to him. And yeah. Against Atlanta, yeah. you saw two nutmegs um, during the run of play. In this one, he had a nifty uh, 180 back heel pass, which was fantastic. You can see that he's playing with a lot more freedom yeah. and he feels a lot more comfortable out there in the system uh, with his role, with his teammates. So he spoke post game because again he scored a golazo. He also got an assist in this one. He spoke post game about his form. So let's listen to this because I have a very good question. I think it's a good question for you, Andrea. Afterwards, and I didn't prepare you for this. So just listen to what Facundo Faria said post game about his form and his adaptation to life in MLS with Inter Miami. Bien, bien. La verdad que que bueno que que gracias a Dios puede tener una una adaptación bastante rápida al fútbol de acá, así que que estoy muy contento con con lo que estoy dando, sé que, que puedo hacer de mejor manera, puedo aportar mucho más para el equipo, así que bueno, seguir adaptando y aprendiéndome, aprendiendo de los compañeros que están al lado, que son los genios. Said he's, you know, he's adapted well, you know, he, he wants to continue to play at this level and um, he feels, you know, free, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a standard answer to the question, but essentially confirming that he, he has felt like he has adapted well, which obviously you look at his performance levels on the field to rendimiento and you can see it. I mean, he's scoring goals. You know, I, th I think he has three goals in his last three or four games. I, I, I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but, you know, I guess LAFC he had one, he has one here. Um, so he's finding the back of the net. He's finding ways to, to make an impact and make a difference. So that leads me to the question, Andrea. And that leads me to the question for the viewers and the listeners. Whether it's a 4-3-3 or a 5-3-2, it's very unlikely that both Robert Taylor and Facundo Farias start together. I don't even know if that's happened yet. I don't think it has. Maybe one game. But I, don't, I just don't think both of them can start. It's either one or the other. Who do you start, Andrea? I already have a feeling based on what you said earlier. I have a feeling what you're going to say, but there's the ticker at the bottom for all of you. Who should start? Facundo Farias or Robert Taylor? You know, I guess we're jumping ahead, but who should start next, next Wednesday, right? Who is the more likely starter? Who should be the more penciled-in starter? Maybe borderline inked in. Okay. You know my opinion already, and I think they should <laughs> both be starting in 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 a game but how, i think how do you fit them both how do you fit them both with if, say everyone's healthy let's say messi's healthy alba's healthy how do you fit them both into the team you put messi as a 10 behind and then by the wings and campana up top you get dixon arroyo and sergio busquets and you put messi in front of them in the back four so that's that for me but that sounds like it doesn't have enough balance defensively you only have arroyo protecting the back four i mean that's that's a lot of uh, a lot of ask of your defense Well, if, if you have those type of attacking players, the team wouldn't have the ball a lot. And like, like for example, in US Open Cup final with a team like Houston Dynamo, that yes, after League's Cup, they have won five games in a row with Ben Olsen, even though that sounds weird, it's the truth. But they are not a dangerous team. They are not a team that has the ball. And they are a team that suffers when 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 another team, their rivals, uh, touch the ball a lot. But in this moment, if I had to choose one, like you're saying, that's my personal you opinion. One. You have to pick one. You, I, I start um, the Facundo Farias, definitely, in this moment, because I think he has better 
chemistry right now with Campana, who I think should be starting also, and with Messi, and with the rest of the team, and uh, can play in, in more positions better than what Robert Taylor, because we have seen Robert Taylor play even <laughs> as a center back. No, not as a center back, but we have seen him playing in defense in this Inter Miami. But I think uh, Facundo is a little bit more complete in that aspect because he could play better in more positions than, mm. than what Robert does. Philip G says she definitely knows football. And I think he's talking about <laughs> you, Andrea. So there you go. Um, you're getting your props there Thank you. uh, in the comment section. Uh, I will say I agree with you. I, I think Facundo Farias is ahead of Robert Taylor in the pecking order. And listen, Tata Martino, you know, one of the players he brought was Facundo Farias, right? He inherited Robert Taylor. Um, it's not the same. Robert Taylor is not a good player, but I think Facundo Farias is one has more, tr you know, uh, he has more of Tata's trust. Two, I think just based on what we've seen, I think he's ahead of Robert Taylor. Yes, Robert Taylor can make incredible impacts in games, but again, one, inconsistent, doesn't do that every single game. Two, like you said, Facundo Farias is capable, I think, of, of impacting the game in different ways, not just in the final third. He can also help you from the, from the run-up. He can unbalance a team that doesn't necessarily have to be the scorer or the assist guy but can be the guy that helps unbalance the defense to, you know, have somebody else um, either score or assist. So, you know, I think you saw it against Atlanta, you know, he, Messi was out and he was given the keys essentially as the de facto playmaker to, to create. He got a lot of touches on the ball, um, freedom to try to make things happen again in this game. Once Messi came out, you saw him uh, get involved even more, get more touches on the ball. Clearly Tata Martino rates him highly. Uh, and I think, you know, he's growing with every game. I think, Facundo Farias is the better option right now, today, right now. So I would expect him to start. I don't know if he starts in the midfield. I don't know if he starts on the wing. But, you know, they got they have to find a way to get him in the starting lineup uh, game in and game out, which is why I think, you know, even when I was doing the lineup, I was trying to jog my memory, and I was like, wait, who was the other midfielder? Facundo Farias is more of an attacker. He started the game in the midfield because they're just mm -hmm. finding ways to get him on the field because he that's how talented he is, and he's showing it. Um, you know, um, game in and game out, which is, you know, that consistency is key and it should only get better. It should only get better. He's still a very, very young player. Uh, Andre, anything you want to add about this game? Because if not, we're going to quickly transition to, uh, yeah, Orlando City. And then I've got a couple other talking points here to wrap up the show. No, um, I just was going to say, like, you could see uh, the difference that uh, signings not only Messi made for Inter Miami, because if not, this game would have been a game the los peores in the league. And what could have been if Inter Miami hadn't brought, brought all the players that they did, because uh, even though they looked bad in the first half, you could see the evolution and you could see the potential there. But with Toronto, like, man, they are horrible. And there's no upside because, you know, uh, we've been doing the podcast the whole year and I've been criticizing not only Toronto, Inter Miami, but also Sporting Kansas City. But you could see a difference when Pulido came back, like we talked, when they played Sporting Kansas City. You can see it's a before and after when when their star player came back and, and they are now fighting for the playoffs. But Inter Miami is also fighting for the playoffs. But in Toronto, they are not seriously the worst team I've seen in MLS. In a Michael Bradley was playing center back over a May Mabika, right? Like Michael Bradley, who's 36 like, years old. He is Lionel Messi's peer in terms of age. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and he's definitely not a center back. I mean, he's at yes. an advanced stage in his career. He's definitely slower, not so athletic. So it's sad because I think, like, listen, Toronto is one of those teams in MLS that has my respect because of what they did in the Champions League a couple of years ago with Michael Bradley and Jose Altidore. They were a good team, but it, it, what bad management does to 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 the um, to to a team. So Inter Miami fans should be grateful that uh, management brought Messi and not only Messi but Busquets, Farias, and and all those other guys to make the team better because that could be the reality that Inter Miami would be facing in this moment, and it could be Inter Miami in the last place like they were before. So. Let's let's switch gears into this weekend's game. Inter Miami travels to Exploria Stadium in Orlando, Florida, to take on Orlando City. The Lions just lost in their midweek matchup, but they clinched a playoff spot all the same. So you know that's a una mochila que se quita en su espalda. That's a backpack but they uh, have weight off their shoulders. One. But they're playing in Miami. It's a rivalry game. I mean, I think the rivalry match loses its luster. Um, in a big way with Messi not with Messi, coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, that definitely is un bajón. It definitely brings down the overall excitement of, of the matchup. Um, and then with the fact that Inter Miami playing a final on Wednesday, which they said is their priority, Tata Martino's made that clear, then I think that also brings down the level of excitement for this one. Normally, I'm very excited for Un Sunshine Classico, El Clasico del Sol, but for this one, eh. I'm not as excited. Like me personally, I think I'm going to this game expecting Inter Miami to lose because they have a cup final just two days after. So that's the question for you, Andrea. That's the question I have for you because we haven't gotten a chance to speak to Tata specifically about this game in great detail. We will have our chance tomorrow on Friday uh, with availability and our pregame availability. I mean, what type of lineup do you really expect him to put out there? I think that's a big question, right? We know Messi and Alvar aren't playing. But if you're focusing on Wednesday, then how many of your regular starters are you going to actually trot out there? Like, ser- like a serious question. I mean, you know, people have paid pretty pretty pennies to go watch this game. They've played a good lot of, of money, um, both Orlando City fans and probably their Miami fans making the trip up and maybe some – fans that aren't even fans of either team, but they live in Central Florida or live around the area, and they're like, I want to see Lionel Messi play. I mean, I think we're going to see a pretty different Inter Miami, yeah. Yeah, me too, I agree. I think we may see from the new signings, we may see Busquets, we may see Aviles, who, um, if they play a 4-3-3 in the final, I don't think we're going to see him. We're going to see Kamal and Sergi Cristo. You got a red card, Andrea. 2721 (laughs) says, exclamation point, like five of them lose in all caps, red card. (laughs) It's an expendable game. And I think uh, from what Tata said yesterday, where he descartó Messi and descartó a Jordi Alba, you could see that this is an expendable game. And the important game is the game on Wednesday. It's the reality. And listen, it is normal. Every team that is going for a cup on Wednesday or on a weekday, uh, they're going to prefer to win that game than to put everything and and risk an injury. But give me the answer. Risk, give me the answer. What, what type of lineup, lineup do we see? I mean, we're going to see an alternative lineup. We're going to see players that are not going to play on Wednesday. I think maybe Robbie Robinson, Nicola Stefanelli. Robin, Stefanelli. Uh, I mean, 
uh, we're gonna see. Well, I, I don't know. Christopher McVeigh maybe if, comes back out of the out of the dungeon. McVay, we could even see Christopher McVeigh in, in as um, lateral. We could see a, a lot of variations. Did a scarf just fall behind you? I think the scarf just fell. Oh my god! Yes, I think it did. <laughs> the MLS one. MLS sending bad vibes. They're sending bad what vibes. What have been saying? <laughs> they're like, you're not allowed to talk bad about this game. We're promoting this game. It's on Apple's, you know, uh, app and everywhere. It so is like classical, and we're talking crap about it. No, I think we're gonna see an alternative lineup. We can see McVeigh. We can see Robbie Robinson. We can even see a midfield like Let's authentic confidence. Let's do it. Let's do it from back to front. Let's do it from back to front. The authentic only player confidence. is Calendar. I think he's playing. No, right. So I think we got goalkeeper. Let's see. Let's see. So it's a great calendar start. I, mean, I think you should. No, in a goalkeeper, you have to keep. Them I don't start him. Then. I don't. You start don't him. start him. I don't start him. I mean, that's just my. You know, you, you, mm -hmm. an injury. You take is care unlikely, of him. But mm -hmm. why even risk it? If he goes down, mm -hmm. you're going into the final with, with a second goal string goalkeeper than CJ Dos Santos, who hasn't played yet at MLS level. I mean, why even risk it? Why even risk okay. it? If, if you're all in on Wednesday. Then go all in on Wednesday, and mm -hmm. Sunday is an is an afterthought. It's just a hurdle to get to Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, yes, they want to make the playoffs, but that's clearly not their priority. So mm -hmm. I would say CJ Dos Santos gets his first start in goal. Um, do they go five three two or four three three? I think they go with the five three two. Um, so I, I would say, oof, who plays right back? I mean, DeAndre Yedlin again, or do you put Robert Taylor back there? I think you could see Robert Taylor going going as a right back uh, because Yellen uh, hasn't stopped and he has played all the games. He didn't go to a national team, but um, you can't risk him because if you lose Yellen, then you lose a lot in, in your defense. You so already say, lost your Alba. So, so I would, say say, I would agree with you, Robert Taylor, yes. All right, so then you have to have three center backs if you're going to play that formation. I think Kamal Miller is okay. going to get rested. Is yes, Thomas I was Aviles going to say that. Get rested. No, I think Tom, we're going to see Tomas Aviles. I think we're going to see uh, Christopher McBay maybe come back. And uh, I think it depends on uh, we're going to ask that tomorrow how Sergi is after. He was fine, completely fine after that, that bump in the his head. To the head yeah. But um, it could be that he gets gets rested and maybe Kamal plays because Kamal didn't go to a national team and uh, you get Christoph, Tomas Aviles and McVeigh. And um, then as a, <laughs> in the other side, you, you're going to get no Allen because you don't have anything else. You don't have Jordi Alba available. And speaking, he's of, speaking of an Allen, Terry Allen, uh, I don't know if there's any relation there, says rivalry, go for a win. I mean, that sounds they, good Fans are going to say that. Fans are always going to say that. But listen. I mean, uh, they're not going to play to hard. lose. But the lineup is going yeah. to tell you that it's not going to probably be a, a yeah. first-choice lineup. So I would say – And back, especially back... because Orlando wants blood for what happens in League's Cup and they feel robbed and all of that trauma that uh, people are remembering just now and saying that Messi's scared of playing against them, yeah, blah, just, blah, blah, blah. You know, fan, fan drama. That's so I, I'm guessing Pareja is going to play his best 11. He, Pareja is not going to risk or rest anyone because he already made, made it to the playoffs, especially in this game, because he, especially him, he was the one that kept on 
blah, blah crying <laughs> to, 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 to put it in that way uh, in a literal translation about the referee in the league's cup match and, and and that they lost so i am expecting orlando city to come out with everything but miami doesn't have the luxury to 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 re respond in that manner and to put their best 11 because they cannot risk another so let's keep injury. going Andrea. let's keep going so all right let's so we it. say we say thomas Aviles. i would say Sir he Christoph starts and yeah, then Christopher Christoph. McVeigh. I don't think and Ryan Saylor starts at, at center back. He's also been in the dungeon. I don't mm -hmm. think I think he'll be on the bench. I just don't think he gets into the lineup. I think they're gonna have at least Sir he Christoph and, and maybe Thomas Abbey just there. And then Noah Allen at uh, at the left back spot. If we're going with three midfielders, I think it's gonna be Benjamin Kremaski. I think it's going to be Victor, Victor Ulloa. <laughs> and yes. David and David Ruiz again. And David, and David Ruiz, Ruiz, yes. So not a very uh, offensive-minded midfield there. No. And then and then up top, this is the question. Who goes up top? Farias again? You're going to go Farias? Or do you go with Robbie Robinson? Do you, you know, like I would go – I think he, he will go with Robbie Robinson, Joseph Martinez, and Nicolas Stefanelli. And no, we can't, we, can't, we, can't have, we can't have three forwards if we have a five. Oh, five. yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, we would have uh, back five. I, I, I forgot. Yes, and so Robbie Robinson and, and Joseph Martinez or Nicolás Stefanelli and Joseph Martinez. I don't think we're seeing Farias play this, this match. Nicolás Stefanelli and Joseph Martinez? Okay, I could see that. I could yeah. see that. Um, you know, something tells me that we that Robbie Robinson might see the field as a starter, but if, if we're going to say that, then I think you got to switch the formation and – You know, we don't or maybe Stefanelli could come in for one of the guys in, in the middle for David Ruiz. Um, um, a lot of variations, but I expect Busquets to be on the bench. I would expect Busquets to be on the bench <laughs> because... Terry, Terry <laughs> Allen, studs up Sunday. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, all right, well, we won't, we won't make the exercise any longer because if we go 4-3-3, three, three, then yeah. we got to change the whole thing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll think yeah, about I that. Think maybe I'll, maybe I'll put it on Twitter. Maybe I'll put it on Twitter mm -hmm. tomorrow. I'll put my 4-3-3 formation in my 5-3-2 my uh, formation. That way we, we cover our bases. Well, 4-3-3 uh, three, three will be easier because then you put the, the, the suplentes on center backs and you have Noah Allen and you would have Robert Taylor. And then in the middle, you, you can put more offensive players because you could play Robbie Robinson and Stefanelli. And even Farias could, could be. Andrea, I just said we're going to leave it for, for Twitter, and then you go into the fourth three on the same. Take 721 in the comment section says, so we throw away our playoff hopes. I mean, they're not. It is what it is. I think it is what it is. That is why Tata has been, uh, for two weeks, and uh, uh, from two weeks ago, he's been saying that, oh, U.S. Open Cup, U.S. Open Cup, to prepare everyone for this moment, because um, I that that's the priority, and they are ex they know the playoffs are hard and not that the playoffs are hard but they know that even if they make the playoffs it's not like guaranteed that they would advance exactly yeah. so that's quote that is after the atlanta game that's yes. quote after the atlanta game where he said uh, even if we win every game from here on out there's no guarantee that we make the playoffs exactly. you know and, and yeah. thomas rongen on the last podcast uh, on tuesday said he didn't agree with that assessment that like he thinks that they would make the playoffs if they won every single game but the, the point is that their destiny is not entirely in their control if other teams ahead of them mm -hmm. win then even if they win then they don't necessarily make up all the ground but yeah. anyway it's it's going to be pretty tough to see them win every single game and all the other teams you know win all their games but anyway All right, there's a couple of things I still want to talk about before we wrap up, and it has to do with individual players. One is Kamal Miller, 
who I finally got to ask. I was always trying to find the right moment. You don't want to ask after a loss. Some wins that just didn't come up. I found the right moment to ask him, and he was insightful. He shared uh, some comments because when he was traded from CF Montreal earlier this year, there was a lot of talk about his contract being up at the end of the year. And him, he, he, uh, him having uh, European aspirations, like to go test himself at higher levels. I asked him flat out about that. If he has European aspirations, obviously at this point in his career, he's at that age where either you go now or you might never go. So I asked him about it and he shed some light into his thought process. I follow up and you're going to hear the questions as well. I follow up asking him if he's had conversations with Inter Miami. This is what Kamal Miller had to say. There's been talks since you, you arrived that you're at a contract at the end of the year. Um, there's been talk about having European aspirations. Is Europe something you would aspire to at this point in your career? Or are you opposed to maybe sticking around with this project, given all the excitement that there is around there? Or is Europe uh, a big goal on this? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I think every player from North America going up wants to go and test their skills overseas. And I'm definitely one of those players. Um, it's been on bucket list of mine for sure and if the opportunity comes I, I'd love to but being here in Miami uh, since I've been traded everyone has embraced me so well and I'm very happy here and if the opportunity presents itself to stay here I'd love to. Has the team talked to you at all about, about extending your stay? Uh, no comment. He <laughs> <laughs> said no comment. <laughs> 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 it just made me laugh because of his face. He's like uh, no comment. Um, you know, Dixon Arroyo, when we, and I asked him a few weeks ago, he said that they had had conversations. That he, uh, hi, uh, like, Dixon Arroyo is Latino, man, you know that. Kamal's face, Kamal's face yes, made me laugh. It was you like, he was just like, yeah. no comment. He was like, no comment with like this big grin. Uh-huh. And like, uh, like, I don't want to share that with you. Um, so I thought that was funny. Uh, look, should, should Inter-Miami try to bring them back on that? Listen, when uh, no, the no, trade no, happened. No, no. Should they try to bring them back? See or no? I was not 100% sure, but right now I think Kamal Miller has proven he is um, the backbone of this defense. And he's a player that Tata Martino likes a lot. He has put that responsibility on him. And also not just Tata, but Messi like likes to have Kamal Miller to play the ball. And Busquets mm-hmm. likes to have Kamal Miller to play the ball. So I think we can see Kamal Miller staying next year if he doesn't get an offer from Europe. He is a free agent. Uh, he's a free agent, so that's uh, that's a thing to see because uh, uh, teams in Europe in, in in winter are always looking for players, and him being a free agent gives him that endless liberty. possibilities, right? Exactly. Yeah. As so, a Canadian national team player, he'll he'll have yeah. you know options. Uh, yeah. You know, so someone yesterday after I asked the question, like you know, a member of the press was like, "Oh, but he's not going to make it in Europe." I was like, "He can make it in Europe. He could you know play in a yeah. Belgian league. He could play." In English second second division. I mean, he could, not even is he could play in the Premier League. We we have seen defenders from Concacaf. No, he could. We have seen on a lot of Honduran defenders. Minor Figueroa won the FA Cup with Wigan, beating Manchester City. Pep Guardiola, Manchester City. I don't know if he's Premier and League level, Andrea. And, and, I, and I like him. You had West like Morgan from Jamaica, who also won the Premier League with that same character with same characteristics as. As Kamal Miller. Kamal Miller is in that perfect age that he could go to Europe and still become a better player because he's going to learn things that 
players don't learn here positionally. And even you have seen him get better with, with Busquets and Messi arriving. You have seen him get better. Uh, he's a better player now than what he was when Phil Neville was the coach. And I think you you I think he could play in the Premier League or in, in other leagues in, in Europe. I think he could get a, an opportunity. And um, but I, I guess so he's a player Andrea, like he's a player like was, he could bring stay. him back. Yes. Do you bring could, him back? He could say yes. If, no, 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 if, no. Do you bring him back? Me. You are Chris Henderson. You have the Chris Henderson hat on right now. Do you bring Kamal Miller back? I think right now, uh, uh, if I was Chris Henderson, I would bring him back. Okay. So this is what I, I, I like Kamal Miller. I think he's, you know, he's definitely one of the top two defenders on, on that back line. Um, Jordi Alba is more of an attacker than a defender. Jordi Alba does his thing. But in terms of just pure defending, him and Sergei Kristoff, yes, they've had their off games. Yes, they're not blessed with the with the most amount of pace, and they've had their struggles on the counter with Inter Miami playing a high line and pushing into the opposing half. But they've been they've also had very good games and been very very sound defensively. Doesn't mean they're perfect, but they're very good. If I'm Chris Henderson, this is what I would do, and I think this is what Inter Miami is going to do. So both of the pots for me go together here. I think Inter Miami will make an offer to try to bring him back but I don't think that they will break the bank to try to, relatively speaking, yeah. to try to bring him back. And I think yeah. that's the right approach. If you can convince him to come back, you know, obviously give him a little bit of a raise. Um, but I don't think you just you, you break the bank to bring him back because then you're going to hamstring yourself or um, handicap yourself in other, in other areas. In a league like MLS where there is a salary a salary budget, make it a better offer for him and see if he bites, see if, he, if the – sexiness of being part of the project with Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba and winning all the time. See if that seduces him. Maybe it's not because, you know, he even says it there, like going to Europe is a bucket list um, item. And like we said, he's a free agent. You know, he's at that age where it's time to go now to Europe if you're going to go to Europe. Um, so I think it's going to be very hard for Inter Miami to sell him on returning if he has options abroad, which he should. Uh, so... I think it's tough. I, I think, think they are going to offer him something, but I don't think he's going to stay because he is in that position that he's a free agent on December when teams are looking because of injuries, because of uh, getting reinfor reinforcements, because trying to save themselves from going down in either league, Spanish and French, Portugal. He has a lot of options. That's the thing with Europe. And for him, I, I guess he knows in this moment that is the is the last of opportunities for mm -hmm. him to leave because when when a defender gets up there he, he doesn't get uh right. so you count a foreigner in in mm -hmm. one of the hold one of the the foreign um, um designation on the roster exactly yeah much you have to be very very good for a team to take for, you know exactly that, that uh not that gamble but to take that on right and usually it goes for brazilians usually goes for argentine usually goes for colombian like it's yes. hard for someone out of the European Union at an advanced age to, to earn that. Like, and especially someone from CONCACAF because uh, for uh, our players in CONCACAF, it's a lot harder to get over there, and especially in England because they have new rules now. But um, hopefully, Kamal Miller gets that opportunity. I think he, he, he deserves it. And I think it tells you a lot of the type of player that he is because when Messi got here, he identified him as the one that he wanted to lead the defense. So um, that tells you a lot that he's that, a player. Okay. Yeah. I don't, no. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, because he got that he got that responsibility of coming playing up uh, out from the back and from with Messi and, and Busquets. Like 
even Tata said that he was the ma the man that was designated to to do that. And clearly, when, he's been the, the the most common denominator in terms yes. of the center back position, right? So he, yeah, Christoph has come out at times. Thomas Amigas mm -hmm. has come in, but not started every game. So Kamal Miller's been the regular figure yeah. um, in terms of the center back position uh, back there. So um, we'll be curious to see what Inter Miami does once the offseason rolls around. The last last talking point here, and we're going to have to wrap up quickly here, um, is on a player that is going to be sticking around for the foreseeable future, and that is Leonardo Campana, who this is from post-game after the Atlanta United uh, match, which Inter Miami lost. Um, but this is what Campana said about renewing his contract with Inter Miami. He did so, I think, through 2027 with an option for 2028. Uh, Andrea, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what Campana said after the game about returning to Inter Miami, or not returning, but extending his contract with Inter Miami. Bueno, muy, muy feliz, la verdad, como lo dije, eh, agradecerle a, a todos los que forman parte de Inter Miami, a todos los mis compañeros, a todos eh, los que forman Inter Miami, a los dueños, a todos los que trabajan ahí, y, y sí, la verdad que muy, muy feliz, siempre eh, me han tratado como si fuera en, en mi casa, así que eh, eso estaré eternamente agradecido, obviamente intentaré hacer eh, lo mejor dentro de la casa. Listen, I think uh, this was an intelligent decision, not only for Campana, but for the team. And let's face it, they, they, they made it for for them also to be, because of the rules of MLS and the salaries and all of that, that we know we're not going to begin explaining that here. But that was one of the reasons that they uh, renewed this contract with Campana. And also, I think, because for the team, he is one of those assets. Like, uh, if you count now, they have... Campana and Facundo Farias, who could go to Europe and leave the team with some money, with with some money because of their you're going to um, command transfer fees, contract. absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So I think that was one of the reasons that they extended this contract. Of course, everyone is happy he's because he's Campana. How I would we sell him? No way. Give me more money if you want me to sell him. Exactly, I mean, and 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 so that makes sense for him because he has his future asegurado, and it makes sense for the team because when teams come calling out for Campana, uh, because he's gonna keep scoring with Messi, especially next year, um, they can sell him for more money. And I am betting that there is a clause in in the contract that Campana, if if an offer comes, Campana can can go as. I imagine that same clause being in, in Facundo Farias' con contract because, for me, those two are the most sellable players that Inter Miami have. They're the most maybe ready to make that jump. in the Yeah, ready. Yeah, maybe so. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Thomas yeah. Avilas has, has a bright future. I mean, Benjamin Kramatsky. I think he's has, has, too green. I think bit, also oh, Benjamin Kramatsky are They need more green. time. They're further. They're yeah. younger, right? So they need, they But Farias and Campana are ready for Europe. And as tanks. Seven to one says both can be sold for a bunch of money. Yes, and with this extension, that is the, that is the goal of Inter Miami. I can I can bet, and it's intelligent question, from their part. The one question I didn't get to ask Campana, and I will ask him next time we have a chance, is does he still have aspirations to go to Europe? I imagine he does, mm -hmm. but let's not forget he has family here in South Florida. I mean, he's comfortable here. You know, he's got um, he's playing with Messi. Uh, he's scoring goals. I mean, it, he's he's in a good spot. I'll, I think, yeah, it's he's a good spot, but I think he as a player, of and course, he said this I, I at the beginning of the year, he said that he had big aspiration and, and let's face it now with Ecuador, mm -hmm. if he wants to be in the national team, he should be playing in Europe because Ener Valencia is old, but he is still in Europe and scoring goals. So he's always going to come in front of Leonardo Campana, unfortunately. So 
uh, I think he has that espinita uh, from the national team, and it's gonna be very hard for him to get that that spot, that final spot playing in MLS. So, what's his name? Ten says her Campana's family is yeah. rich. <laughs> That's what someone I didn't know, and someone told me like they are richer than Messi, and I was like, what? Seriously? Yeah, so that, that was that was reported somewhere recently, mm -hmm. and it's made because even my parents were like, oh, do you know who's the richest player on Inter Miami? And I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah, and then, someone, and they were and, like, oh, so I don't know who reported. I forget. I don't know if it was Telemundo or somebody did like a, a little mm -hmm. uh, news section. A feature. Or a oh. feature, yeah, on, uh, on Campana and, and his family's financial success. Even somebody recently asked him in a press conference. Oh, yeah, you that's why. Oh, your father's uh -huh. company, which now it makes uh -huh. more sense, right? Um, Carlos Moreno says, doesn't matter. Europe is always the goal. I would agree yeah, with exactly. that. But you yeah. can't say always because not every player has the same competitive desire. Landon Donovan no. was one of those examples, one of the outliers. Uh, Landon out Donovan is not the, the Landon Donovan is, no. Listen, Landon Donovan is the best U.S. Men's National Team player no. of all time, of no. all time, the goat of no. the U.S. Men's National Team. No. That's your why. Clint why? Dempsey is the no. best player. No, yes. Andrea, the, the, te, te mato. Just with this stat, the, the uh, arguments. Well, Franco the is not about over. stats. No, no, hold on. Just with this stat. Little mess. I mean, no messy. <laughs> Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey have the are tied for the most goals in U.S. Men's National Team history. I think it's 58. I think something like that. They both are 59. They both have the same exact amount of goals, tied for first. Landon Donovan also has the most assists in U.S. Men's National Team history. He's been the top scorer and the top assister. I mean, I'm going to make the comparison. Obviously, it's not the same, but he's like the Lionel Messi of the U.S. Men's National Team in terms of history. He's the goal scorer and the assist man. I mean, that, hands down, he's the best player. Clint Dempsey, was, Dempsey had, had a better, better career, career and was a better, a better career, player than Landon I will fight anyone. I understand <laughs> that one gets... Afuera, the, get, I understand it's controversial, but me personally, yeah, I prefer Clint Dempsey and I think he's better. And uh, you you could see it in his ambition and, and that's the difference between players that are top and the players that stay in the middle and and unfortunately for the united states uh mls has um, come into the picture and has brought that talent that they are exporting or that they are discovering and uh, are, uh, began bringing them back and we saw it with landon donovan we saw it with michael bradley and we saw it with Josie altidor that they came back to this league and uh did not continue the u.s missed the world cup in russia and all of those things so i agree with the comment that was uh that that the, the one that said yeah you get a red card and papuera yes. well um, yeah you can red card me but for me personally <laughs> i i like better king dempsey he played better he was um, more it's all a matter player. of opinion. It's all and good. It's, it's all, all about opinion. opinion. Yeah, that's some, what some I was saying. Some people are going to agree you. with you. Some people are going to yeah. agree with you. I have the banner but here. Who's, who's I, the U.S. Who's the I don't here at the bottom? Uh -huh. People should tell us. But I personally like Clint Dempsey better than Landon Donovan. That doesn't mean that Landon Donovan is not a good player. But for me, personally, I like Clint Dempsey better. He was a more complete player, well, more dangerous player. And... Uh, an innate goal It's not scorer. about who you like. It's not about who you like. I can like uh, so-and-so better than this player. But if you just look at it from a football standpoint, footballisticamente, Landon Donovan, for me, is better. He's the top goal scorer and the top assistant. And yes, he played against weak CONCACAF teams. Then El Pescadito Ruiz is the best player in the history of CONCACAF because he scored the most amount of goals in World but Cup qualifiers no, 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 ever. So no, he's the best. No. 
And that's not, that that's not the same. That's me. not the same argument. No, he had the same amount of goals. Of he scored goals and assists. Clint Dempsey had a better club career. There's no denying that. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. And he had a great U.S. Men's National Team career. But you're talking about U.S. Men's National Team goats. That's not necessarily the best American player of all time. The best U.S. Men's National Team player of all time, Landon Donovan. 100%. But anyway, all right. We've gotten on a side tangent here, and we're going late into the night. So, Andrea, we will wrap it up there. <laughs> we will, we'll wrap it up there unless you have a final thought. We haven't really been doing that, but if you want to have a final thought, because I know you like to you know, give something in there, um, then you, you feel free to. Otherwise, we'll be wrapping up the show. No, my final thought for today is like people shouldn't get discouraged if Inter Miami loses against Orlando on Sunday. I think they should get prepared and, and to expect that. And uh, I think this game is disposable. And um, what matters is the game on Wednesday. And I think that team will be ready for that. It's not going to be easy because Houston Dynamo has been getting better. They have, for me, two of the best midfielders in the league in Hector Herrera and Carrasquilla. But I think Inter Miami has a 90% chance of winning that game and should and are doing the correct decision by prioritizing that than prioritizing the league and the playoffs. So my final thought will just be to share what our plan is for next week. We will be back on Monday night. I don't know if it's going to be the whole squad. I don't know if it'll just be Jose and I, but we'll be back on Monday night to preview the Open Cup final and rewind and recap the Sunshine Classico, El Clasico del Sol versus Orlando City. Uh, next week's a big week. Uh, I mean, I plan to get to the stadium early on Wednesday. It's going to be an eventful night, uh, one that Inter Miami is hoping to end with another trophy. So next week's a big one, um, but there is a game to be played first. So let's see how Inter Miami does this weekend with a very likely uh, reserve-filled lineup. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if they can keep going. We can see if other players continue to step up to keep that playoff push going. So I remember or- something. I remember something. Just let me have my final, final thought. No, and I remember I if you agree with me, you, you are going to be able to see Clint Dempsey at the stadium next uh, Wednesday if you go, because he's going to be part of the analysts or the presenters. I don't know what they are, analysts, presenters, or Commentators. co-host. Uh, he's going to be there with his team in CBS. So um, if you want to see and you think he's the goal like I do, you can see him there with his team in his new role now as uh, a pundit. So I like this from Tank721. With uh, Donovan, we qualify for World Cup. With Dempsey, with just Dempsey, we fail and don't make it to Russia. All right. All right. Más respeto para Donovan y el Rosita in the Jairo Jairo voice. Because if you've seen Jairo, the Argentina social media influencer. He's had a a lot of those lately. Everyone should enjoy whoever they like because that is the beauty about football because some some people think that Dempsey is the best. Some people think Donovan. Some people think it's Brian McBride or someone else. And some people no, think nobody it's... thinks it's Brian McBride. Not even Brian McBride's mother thinks Brian McBride is the best. Some people think player. Messi is the best. Some people think it's Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Some people Pele, Maradona. So that's the beauty of the sport, and that's why we all enjoy it because we all have our views and 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 all and and all have the players that we like and and we all enjoy it for me the best one in history is the name the namesake of my dog who is here and is going no, to begin no, barking no, no, no. yeah yeah i see a <laughs> show. i see a show. 
No, Andrea's dog's name is Figo. Luis Figo is not even in the conversation for the best player of all time. That is that is ridiculous. Anyway, all right, we'll leave it there. We'll be back in a few days. If you're going to the game in Orlando, enjoy it, uh, regardless of the result, regardless of who starts. Obviously, Lionel Messi will not be there. So for Andrea Yanis, I am Franco Panizo. You have been listening and watching Miami Total Football Radio. We'll talk to you guys again next week.